Good. This week we had a. Um, oh, I'd like your schooner. Sorry, squirrel. Yes, my last David Kramer. Good day. A Rooifeld schoon. Lieflik. Bless you. Bless you. Let's just pray together. Holy Spirit of God, I just want to acknowledge you in front of all this morning and together with all. We know that you are the only life. You are the only one that gives life. You are the only one that breathes life. You are the breath of God. You are Ruach. I pray that you will breathe life into us and into this community. Your life. No one else's. Not mine. Your life, Lord. Speak to us. Pierce our hearts. Uh, Let every heart be open in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Good. We had a a community leaders meeting this week. Um, And uh, we're starting again this week. uh, This this week on Wednesday, we're starting with with, uh, communities again in... uh, we want to start somewhere like a groot uh, with a with a, a mass community. Uh, so we're laying grass on Monday, tomorrow. So we'll have lots of grass. I don't know if people will stand up or walk around or walk around. But we'll make it like a nut and we'll make it like a But we'll put up the tables and gazebos and what, what, what. And we'll bring it, do a nice bring and share for everybody together to kick off to kick off the year's uh, communities. And while we were talking um, through our discussions and in our discussions, uh, I, realized, I realized that it, that, that is something that, that we need to hold on to. The whole concept of, of community and the whole concept of what we want to be as a church, what we want to, what we want to who we want to be as a church. Um, in my heart, with the, with the vision that we believe the Lord gave us and that we came here with is with the heart of community. That's why we actually called it community church. We're also a community church. Not, not like a church within the community, but that the church is the community. And, and I believe the Lord just wants to reignite that in our hearts today. Um, that we understand this. That, that we understand how... God desires community of us and why. Why it is important to have this. Why it's important to have community. So I, I want to start off by sort of posing this question. Is why do you come to church? Why do you why do you decide that you want to join a church, be it this one or that one or, or wherever, but, but, but people, people make this decision in their lives uh, that they want to be part of a church in, in some way. W- what is behind that? Why is that? I believe the main reason is, and I hope the main reason is, or let me rather say, I believe the purpose of church is growth. So that we can grow as believers. We want to come and, and, and let's say in the, in the more traditional or modern sense of, of the word, people believe um, how many times we've heard people say that, that I'm going to church because I want to go and receive my bread for the week. Like going to the market. I want to go, go and I want to grow. I want to, so I want, and I, I want a good sermon and, and I want to have food. I've had many people... Uh, come to me and say, oh no, they're not going to that church anymore, that church, because they're not getting fed anymore. So behind that is the, the heart and the, the desire to grow. Hoe kom jy het ons? So dat ons nie doorgaan nie. Maar so dat ons kan groei. 
And if you really want to become strong and healthy, then, then you start eating specific things. Then you start eating healthy food. If, if, as you net evil do it, honey, then you sort of eat what you want. You just want something in your stomach. Nee? Ons het nou een baie klein puppy. En uh, I was thinking, why are puppies tummies like always so, so groot? And then some puppies tummies are bigger than others. And sometimes people, like the people we actually got the puppy from, said, oh, just give him milli meal, like milli, milli pup and, and all that. And said, but that can't be good for a little puppy. And then I look at, you know, you go into Africa, you see all these babies with these big tummies. And what do they get fed? They get fed milli pup and rice. Because it keeps them alive, but it doesn't nourish them. So it's malnutrition that, that creates that. So in the same way, we sort of want to choose a church, or we want to choose a place where we get fed the right things or the right stuff. But I want to always say that, that almost say that that is also a dangerous thing. Because that makes you sort of nitpick where you want to go or who you want to listen to and all that. And, and I didn't prepare this, but this verse actually came up uh, while we were worshipping. Uh, I thought of this. Paul talks about divisions in the church. And he says um, in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, he says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with one another. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my, um, my dear brothers and sisters. Then he says, some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I'm a follower of Apollos. Others are saying, a follower of Peter. And some say, I follow only Christ. So this is the, the, the sort of fruit of people, I must be careful, thinking that their nourishment is in the person or the teaching or whoever stands in front. So I will only go there if that guy is there. And I, will, I mean, yes, in, in, in Cape Town... Uh, there, there was this very, very dynamic evangelist kind of, kind of guy. And whenever he preached at the church, the church would be full. And when he's not there, the church is empty. And then people would actually phone the church offices, who's preaching this week? We laugh, but it's, it's, it's so saddening. And I, re- I want to put it to you that I think one of, my, one of the biggest dangers and one of my biggest fears and, and the one thing that I, that I do not desire with any part in me, and this is where this message is going, is, is that someone would decide to come to this church because of how I preach or because of how... It's just a point that it's about a person. So the point I want to make today is, is the church is not about the lead couple. It's not about the elders. It's not about the community leaders. That is not, that is not what's going to make you grow as a Christian. I believe with all my heart, if we want to grow as believers, if we want to grow as, as Christians, if we want to come to the maturity in Christ then we need to devote ourselves to the us. We need to devote ourselves to one another, to each other. Because that is where we grow. This is a soil, and I'm just saying this now, but those who are around you, those who are in your community, is a soil in which you are planted, in which you are supposed to grow and bear fruit. So I want to focus on that today. And... So we read in, in, in Ephesians 4, verse 11. Uh, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Alright, so now he's singling out offices, he's singling out people. But they are gifts, they are not the reason 
that they go. They are not the reason that what they are not the reason that makes a church a good church. Yeah, that can yes that they that that they can make the church bad by false doctrine or bad teaching or, or whatever. But that is not what makes you grow. Alright? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. What I'm trying to put down now is we need to grow. Where we need to grow to. So that God gives the gifts. God gives the church. He gives one another. And we'll also see that apart from the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, He gives us gifts among one another for the purpose of growth, to help us grow. Vir wants to look back at the end. I mean, we spoke about this at the very first meeting as well. Who wants to look back at the end of 2024 and say, I'm exactly the same Christian I was in the beginning of the year. I, I, I'm happy. I'm, I'm content because no one's bothering me. And if I stick my head out too far, then I become a target for the enemy. Who wants that? No. And elkin van ons ek, if you have received the Holy Spirit, that His one desire for you, His one purpose in your life, is to help you and see you and, and activate you to grow as Christ, into Christ, into the likeness of Christ. I believe that is in every single one of us. There is at least that desire. But I want to say that you will maybe gain information, you will maybe gain a little bit of insight or even revelation of who God is and, and, and what church is supposed to be and all the things that we will be talking about through the year, but you will not grow into the tree that is producing fruit that you are supposed to produce if you do not commit yourself to a community, to the community. Because it's within the community where the things that we learn get tested, where the things that we learn get activated, the things that we learn get multiplied. I'm not fighting for a big community. I'm not fighting for many communities. I'm not saying this or doing this to try and see how many people we can get or how many communities we can establish or anything like that. I will stand before the Lord one day and I will give account for the growth of the people that He has brought to me. I'm fighting for that. I'm fighting for growth. I'm fighting to see fruit. Sort of a continuation of last week. This is what we're growing into. This will continue until we all come to such unity that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We need to grow. Oh, I get so many thoughts lately about how I'm not measuring up to the standard of Christ. Yo, man. Even this week, I've repented and repented. I'm, I'm tired because we have a puppy. <laughs> getting up at night. Getting frustrated when he starts biting things that he's not supposed to bite. Those kind of things. It's such a joy. But my flesh is, my flesh is moog. On Friday, I was up at half past three. Then at 5.30, we had men's group. And then it was the day. And then we had my mom's party. I was sitting there literally, I think it was 10 o'clock. I was sitting there outside with the bride. They were having a chat. I was like, Can you make a pony? So when my flesh is tired, then I also start seeing things manifest of the flesh that wants to sort of pull to life. And if I want to expose myself to you, because hopefully you're my community, you are, I, I want to be accountable to you, is that I start getting negative thoughts. I start getting critical about things. 
That's my thing when I get tired. More. So I need a community. I need someone to go to and say, help me, pray with me through this. Help, hold me accountable to this. I need someone to come to me and say, how much sleep are you getting? Are you resting enough? Are you doing enough exercise? Are you doing enough to get your energy up so that you don't become the part of the body that no one wants to be? So we need to grow. And then there's this beautiful fruit. There's this beautiful fruit when we've come to the full maturity of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Who wants to be no longer immature like children? Yes, me. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. Who wants to have a group of people around them that can hold you accountable? They say, yes, man, this guy sent me this thing and I listened to it and, and I just, can you please check it with me? Don't know if it's quite doctrinally sound. Will you, will you please work with me through this? We will not be influenced by people who try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Yes, this guy came to me with a business proposition and it sounds so good and I'm going to make so much money and it, I'm like, in one year I'm going to be this and that. Will you pray with me for that? No, sorry, I, I believe the Lord is saying this is not the truth. We need that. What we're trying to fight for is, is not the Christian life in isolation. Because we cannot do this in isolation. We cannot grow. We cannot become mature. We cannot make good choices. The word is full of it. Proverbs. In the counsel of many there is wisdom. But you need to know who those many are that you can trust. I can't not pit pompies to gaan and say, will you please help me with this choice? I've got to know pit pompies. I've got to trust him. I've got to know how he sees things. I've got to know how he sees God, how he knows God. And that is what we get within community. There's, I'm sorry, since, since I've got here, three years ago, and I recognize it because there's some of it in me as well. But there's a spirit of individuality in this place like I haven't seen anywhere else in the world. I can self. Don't tell me how to do it. I'll rather hit my head 50 times than, than, than someone else tell me what to do or, or how to do it. I'd rather be out in the cold alone instead of being under somebody's roof. And having to submit to that guy. It's a spirit that needs to be broken. Because Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who know how dependent they are in God. But that dependence gets translated into how dependent we are of one another. God has sent us each other. No, no, I don't need your help because God is going to help me. We read in Ephesians 1 just before that. Let me just see it. I can also leave the community. What I'm trying to say with this is that community or your growth will only happen within relationship. Ne? Let moksen. Growth will only happen within relationship. Eister sleep eister. You need someone else to grow. No one will grow if they are going solo through life. Once again, you will grow in knowledge. You can go and you can sit in the library all your life. You can study every single subject there is. You can be, have a doctorate in every subject there is. You can still lack, you can still have the character of a 10-year-old with all that knowledge if you do not socialize. If you, I mean, 
ek sê maar, ek wees heel dit na die papie, maar, the, the, the main thing with the puppy is you've got to socialize it. So I've learned that, that in a period of 12 days, you've got to introduce it to 12 people and to 12 dog breeds and to, to like 12 different kinds of people, 12 different kinds of textures. Tell, they call it the rule of 12. What does that do? It builds the puppy's character. So it doesn't go haywire the first time it sees a kid or a other dog or a cat, which is our big problem <laughs> at the moment. Because our cat and dog are not there yet. But it's only been a week. <laughs> it's much better. And they kind of all on the two sides of the skyfdeer sit and just stare at each other and then the cat goes... <laughs> but it's no more that anymore. I think she hurt her paw <laughs> once <laughs> against the, the glass window. What I'm trying to say is we need to socialize. We need to... Once again, please don't hear this message as I'm telling you that you must belong or you must do something or you must join a community or what. I'm not after that. But if you want to grow as a Christian, I want to ask you to seriously consider devoting yourself to the fellowship. Acts 1. Acts 2, sorry. Devoting yourself to the fellowship. Okay, so Ephesians 1. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. When I read through the New Testament, then I discover that most of it is intended for groups of people. The letter to the churches. The Ephesians, the Corinthians, Galatians. It's for a community of people. Because it addresses things that happens within the community of people. It is very seldomly up to a single person. There's Timothy and there's Titus. There's Philemon. Who addresses people. But in every single one of those addresses, he's speaking to a leader about how to handle the community. How to lead well. How to choose leaders. How to, how to live a life that is an example to the community. So everything about the word, everything about the gospel, everything about God is about the people. We cannot live in isolation as a Christian. It is not God's desire. It's not, it does not reflect God. God in himself is a relationship. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. In perfect relationship. And then He joined us to that perfect relationship. John 17, Jesus prays. And He says, Father, make them one as we are one. And even... Let's go to that. So that I can... Let's go to that. John 17, come as gaan. Let's read, let's read from the start. Jesus praying. So saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so He can give glory back to you. For you have given Him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one. You have given Him. And this is the way to have eternal life. Ach, maak nie die genet vast in jou hart. This is the way to have eternal life. To know you. The true, uh, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by be completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring, um, bring me into the glory we shared uh, before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from the world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. 
They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, for those you have given me, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belongs to you and you have given them to me. So they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. That, how are they united? They are one. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. Uh, I gave them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying not only for, those, um, for these disciples, but also for those who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So the picture that I'm seeing here is that there's a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in perfect relationship with one another. Then we become a new creation through Jesus Christ. We become reborn. We become like God in, in, in our spirit, man. New creations. We become restored in the image, and therefore we become also part of this relationship with God. I don't know if we realize this, but Christ has bound us to God exactly the same way that He and Holy Spirit is bound to God. In the same kind of relationship. Our only problem is submission. Because true relationship and true unity can only happen in mutual submission. Ephesians 4 at the end, I think, says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Where is this submission manifested? Within community. Um, I just want to share something quickly. I, um, when, we, when we started off a couple of years ago, we were in Winterg once, and Andrew was, was preaching, and he was preaching on this specific scripture, and it just dropped into my heart. Um, it's in John 12, verse 24. Um, Jesus is speaking. He says, A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Mm. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat. All because one grain died. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who, who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. And as I was thinking of this picture... It was as if the Holy Spirit showed me that the, the ground, the, the church is the ground that God has given us. Because what does it look like practically? How do we die to ourselves? It's not something that you can do. Mm. How do you do that on your own? You can't. You have to give yourself to someone. Um, and the church, the body, is, is the ground in which you can put your seed, in which that, that grain can fall and die to grow and multiply. Because otherwise, if, if you're on your own, there's no remedy for self inside yourself. There's nothing. Even just having a relationship with God, how do you, how do you practically live out? How do you put your body on the altar, like it says in Romans 12? It has to be for others. It has to be for people around you. It has to be practical. And um, 
Yes, you can, the husband helps to die to yourself and children <laughs> helps you as well. But that's not enough. We, we are part of the kingdom, part of the body. And that's such a gift to us. And that's the only way that we can truly do this. Yeah. I didn't write this down, but I, I did this little exercise just now. Uh, let's quickly do this. I just put in, in my concordance thing each other. See what the word says about that. Um, so Jesus preaches in Matthew, Mark nine fifty. He says, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Romans 12, verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection. Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Same thing in Corinthians. He says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. So this theme of each other and each other and each other is always reoccurring in the Word. There is no Christian walk without the each other. It takes the body of Christ to let the kingdom come. It takes the body of Christ even to go out into the world. Even when Jesus sent out His disciples, He sent them out in pairs. Why did Jesus even choose a, a, a group of disciples? To teach them community. To teach them. Why did He select people that, that wanted nothing to do with each other? I mean, if you look at this, uh, the chosen, how they, how they like, wanted nothing to do with Matthew because he's a tax collector. Deserter. So Jesus chose fishermen. He chose tax collectors. He chose a doctor. He chose different people from different walks of life with different upbringings, different status. Why? So that we can learn to be the least of these. To not exalt ourselves above others. And He had to work hard with them. Sometimes He had to be harsh with them. Unless you become the last, you will not be the first. Within community, we learn these things. Now let's make it a bit more practical. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. From verse 7. This is now how God wants to manifest these things. He wants to manifest Himself. He wants to, he's showing us how to grow as a community. And the first thing he says, okay, so we read in Ephesians, oh yeah, Ephesians 4, we read the gifts that God gave to the church, which are the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers. Now he's saying, apart from the gifts to the church, these are the gifts within the church that we are supposed to develop, that we are supposed to manifest, that we are supposed to grow into. Why? For the edification of the church, for the growth of everyone. So a spiritual gift is given to each one of us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Lord, in a meeting, that the Holy Spirit could come and give a spiritual gift specifically to you so that you can help edify the church. So that you can do something or bring something or manifest something that will help everyone else. Do you believe it? It doesn't say that a spiritual gift are given to some. It doesn't say that the spiritual gifts are given to the elders or to the pastor or to the bishop, or to those standing on the stage. A spiritual gift is given to each one. 
so we can help each other. Who needs help in life? Right now, who's dealing with stuff that they need help with? Your answer is in community. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. That's not even like a heavy spiritual thing. To go to somebody and say, I need advice about this decision in my life. What do you feel the Lord is, is doing? Let's pray together. Holy Spirit comes. He gives the truth. We were sitting yesterday with someone around the table. There's something that we're dealing with. I believe the person came and gave godly advice. Say again. Yes, thank you. So it's operating. It's working. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give uh, wise advice. To another, not to the same person, to another. So Senamar, Lillian gets wise advice. Okay, she gives wise advice. Then she gaan staan achter in die rij. Then the Holy Spirit comes to Linky and gives... Uh, the message of special knowledge. We had that the other day. Joy came in. As she walked in, she saw a spine that was being corrected. That's a word of knowledge. That the Lord wants to do something today. So while we're praying there, we were praying, I feel this unction in my heart to go and lay hands on my mom-in-law because she's been struggling with back pain. I mean, it was the beginning of her holiday. It was going to be a terrible holiday with, with this back pain. So... Laid hands on her. Joy came. She joined the prayer. Poop, she's healed the whole holiday. Nothing. Word of knowledge operated. For the benefit of my mom-in-law and for the benefit of all of our faiths. Uh, the same Spirit gives great faith to another. So that's sort of what happened there. So the Holy Spirit gave her the word of knowledge. I already had the knowledge because she's my mom-in-law. But he gave me faith to go and pray. Because I just knew that if we would pray for her now, something will happen. That's faith. So already in that thing, two of these gifts operated. From two different people. Uh, to someone else... The, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. So someone comes, gives a word. The Holy Spirit comes and says, I don't know if that is quite accurate or either, either I don't even know if that is a corporate word that maybe it's a personal word or, or whatever. But that kind of discernment needs to operate amongst us. And we need to be bold about it. But being bold about it does not say condemning. Because we've had that as well. Someone gives a word might not be accurate according to discernment or whatever. So let's get a slinger fell and clap your eight so that he never does it again. We break his confidence down. We say, nah, you are a false prophet. We can't do that. Because that's not in love and that's not for edification of the church. That is not edifying. He gives someone else the ability to discern where the message is from the, um, the Spirit of God. Still another person, he gives the ability to speak in unknown tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Okay, so this is not a teaching about the giftings. This is a teaching about it takes all of us. But before it can take all of us, before it can take you, you have to be devoted to the fellowship. It has to become more about the fellowship 
It has to become more about the growth of the church. It has to become more about the growth of every single person than it is about you. Because either you do not want to give the word uh, because you are too shy and, and you feel that you might be wrong or you feel you don't have what it takes, but it is not you, it's the Holy Spirit. And then on the other side of the pendulum, you just want to get all this shine and then you just go and blaze and what, what, what. That can also happen. Submission. Love. Submitted to one another. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26 says, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. Just another example. So those are the giftings. Here is just something that is born out of the love of God, the love for God. Something that, that, that when we meet together, we are so filled with the love for one another, so filled with the love for God, that these things just naturally start happening among us. When you meet together, where did they meet? Homes. They came together in a temple for worship. Yeah? Acts 2. And they met in their homes. And when they met in their homes, what did they do? They broke bread for communion and they had meals together. They enjoyed life together. Mikasa sukasa. Your home is my home. We come together. We do life together. And then when we do life together, when we come together, when we meet together, whether it's, whether it's two families coming together or whether it's five families coming together or whether it's the mass community coming together, these things operated. One will sing. Thank you, Rudolf. Good job, vandaag. Another will teach. Another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what he said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. How different would our coming together be if we invite one another for a braai and we come and then we speak about the Lord, about His goodness. All of a sudden, our hearts are so filled with the love and the goodness of God that we just start worshipping together. Someone just starts singing a song and we all join in and we sing the song. And then while we're singing, the Lord gives a special revelation of something and says, Yeah, man. See, our Christian lives together, our lives together is supposed to be with Jesus Christ in the middle of it, in the center of it, all of it. Every single time we meet. I failed at this, this holiday. We went camping with another family. And I many times had this unction, let's just pray together, let's just, you know. But the kids were out there playing and doing fishing and all kinds of stuff and all that. And, and somehow, what was in my heart, I just never had the boldness to just say, let's, let's do this because we're on holiday. But aren't we supposed to do all things with Christ as a center, all things with Him as our life, all things. When we go camping, when we bride together, when we do community together, when we do all those things together. See, then it will not be about Apollos and about Paul and about Yaku and about whoever. It will be about Christ. For the purpose of strengthening all of you. So my question is, do you want to grow as a Christian? And do you want God to use you to help others grow? If your heart screams out, yes, I urge you to make this year the year that you devote yourself to fellowship. So we will, as a church, we will help by creating opportunities every week where you can join in with a community. Where these things will operate. Where there will be praise, where there will be worship, where there will be eating together, there will be, there will be fun. 
And we, we, we're going to be much more structured this year in what we do. But apart from that, I want to encourage you. Not that I'm saying, but yeah, f- follow us as, as we try to follow Christ. But last year, I think we can possibly tell, count. I don't know, I'm not going to lie. But it won't take long to count how, count how many evenings we had to ourselves last year. Always inviting people over, always having someone come over or going to see someone or whatever because we want to build relationship, we want to build community. And then many times, just at the end, simple thing, let's pray together. What can we pray for? What can we do? But even us, we can be much more intentional about just bringing all these elements into. And you know what? It's, it's, it, it starts off with this beautiful thing of being vulnerable. This scary, beautiful thing. Because we need to come to the discussions which actually says, you know what? What, what are your worries? What are your fears? What are you... What's going on in your life at the moment? One of the most powerful each other sentences in the Bible is confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. If you keep something in the dark and you seclude yourself and you will hide yourself away because you're too proud or because whatever, you will not get healed of that thing. That thing will ride you and ride you and ride you and ride you. But if you, if you build community, if you build fellowship, if you build trust, you can go to someone and say, hey man, I'm struggling. Struggling. This is too much for me. I'm fearful of this. Would you please help me? Would you support me? We need to let go of our proud pride. We've actually had, had a case last year where where, where we actually took food to somebody that we knew was, in, was in, in need. And it became a massive issue because how dare you think that I need something that I didn't ask for. We need to be vulnerable. We need to be able to say, man, I'm not perfect. And I want to say this, Yella. If, if, you're looking, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're looking at me and expecting me to be perfect, please, I will disappoint you. I can die for the wet in vrou gevloek. Then he always says, I pastoor. We need to be able to be real with one another. Because that is the Christian life. The Christian life is not about trying to, to, to show everyone how good you are at Christianity. That's religious. That's religiosity. We actually need to say to each other how much we need Jesus and how much we need each other to grow. And if we can do that, I'm convinced with everything in me that by the end of this year we will have trees planted that are bearing fruit in every season. But we need to devote ourselves. So it's up to you. This this rarig. It's up to you. So if you are not in a community, if you want to be in a community, just fill out you want to be part of a community. Then we will connect with you. We are having the mass commu- community this week at our house. Come, bring mensen, nooi people and whatever. People that you feel that you want to be in community with. I'm joking. Bring and share. So how it works is you make enough food for yourself and your family. And then we just lay it all out on the tables and we feast and we enjoy ourselves and we'll worship a bit and we'll pray a bit and we'll... Wednesday night. Oh. We might move a jet for you. But Thursday night is worship night, yeah. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. All right. Say again. 
Yes, I will. All right. So I'm not asking, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not asking for a response. I'm not asking you to do anything now apart from make a choice in your heart. And you know what? It doesn't have to be this community. I'm not after, I told someone the other day, with all respect, I'm not hard up for sheep. I don't want to see how big a flock I can get. Even if we are only 20 or even if we are only 30 or whatever. We want healthy trees. We want people doing the Christian life together in health. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are in perfect community with your Son and with Holy Spirit. And thank you that by your Son, by Jesus Christ and by rebirth, that you have drawn us into that very community, Lord. And by us, not even just individuals, Lord, but us as a body, as a church. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, by your mercies, by your grace, that you would work in us, Holy Spirit, this year, that we would become that which you gave your life for, that we would become one as you are one, that we would become united in heart, that you will become united in ourselves, in giving ourselves, in devoting ourselves, in laying our lives down for one another, so that the fruit of your life could be seen in community in us, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that, that as your word says in, in, uh, in, in uh, Acts 2, Lord, that, that the people who saw this daily devoted themselves and daily came and joined this, Lord. And I pray that you will start a thing here. That we will see healthy Christian lives being lived together in this town and in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.